I'm David Enders, in for Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. We are coming to you on Saturday and Sunday as Israel's war in Gaza continues. The Israeli military's renewed bombardment of Gaza entered its second day after the end of a week-long ceasefire on Friday. More than 70% of Gaza's population have now been displaced, and many say there is nowhere to flee. Fighting also continued on the Lebanese-Israeli border as efforts to revive the ceasefire appeared to falter. It's Saturday, December 2nd. As we record this, it's 12 noon GMT. That's 2 p.m. in Gaza and 7 a.m. in Washington, D.C. Israeli attacks have killed nearly 200 Palestinians in Gaza since Friday, as the Israeli military announced it had struck more than 400 targets since the end of a seven-day ceasefire. Without gasoline for their cars, people fled on foot and on carts pulled by horses or donkeys. People are waiting outside of their apartments because of the fact that they received phone calls from the Israeli army asking them to evacuate the buildings. Freelance journalist Akram Satari reported from an apartment block in the city of Khan Yunis after residents received an order from the Israeli military to leave. And they have been trying to throw their mattresses and their belongings from the windows and the balconies because they think they don't have time. People are rushing now, carrying whatever they can carry to save whatever they can save for the sake of using it after the bombardment takes place. Approximately an hour later, the buildings were struck. Akram said everyone had safely evacuated, but had now joined the more than 1.7 million people that have been displaced. Others, Akram said, weren't waiting for evacuation orders, even if they had nowhere to go. They're staying in the open areas in an anxiety and waiting to see what's going to happen to their buildings. Their past experience tells them the buildings are going to be bombarded sometime soon. So people are carrying whatever they can, carrying mattresses, carrying gas cylinders, carrying blankets and sheets, and everything they might be able to carry. And as I talk to you now, as I'm talking to you now, I see people who are pulling the wheelchairs of their physically challenged mothers so that they can take them to safety. Other children carrying water gallons, some people carrying the mattresses and running. Whatever they can, they are grabbing and they are moving. And this is the, th- the status that has been enveloping the southern Gaza Strip and Gaza alike for the last 48 hours. The Israeli military has published a map separating Gaza into numbered blocks and is now giving evacuation orders based on that map. But freelance journalist Hind Hoderi, who is also in Khan Yunis, said such designations mean little. Palestinians and people in the Gaza Strip are very frustrated after the Israeli forces published a map where they're separating the Gaza Strip into blocks and numbers. Uh, Palestinians right now, they don't, uh, they don't know how they're going to uh, uh, deal with this map because most of the people do not have electricity and they also do not have internet. Israeli officials ordered their negotiating team in Qatar to return to Israel on Saturday, jeopardizing attempts to revive the ceasefire. That pause in the violence saw more than 100 Israelis and foreign nationals held captive by Hamas exchanged for 240 Palestinian prisoners, 
most of whom had been held without charge in Israeli prisons prior to October 7th. Meanwhile, Hin said, Palestinians in Gaza don't know where to go. Khan Yunis had already become a refuge for those fleeing the violence further north. People have been seeking refuge in these areas and other people from the north also uh, seek refuge in uh, their families' houses or their friends' houses. So we're talking about an area, Khan Yunis, where there were 200,000 people living there. Right now, there are more than 1 million people seeking refuge in Khan Yunis, one of the biggest cities in the southern area, and they're still uh, called and warned to evacuate. Yesterday, they warned people to evacuate to Rafah, but at the same time, time, Rafah was being bombed, so people feel helpless, they're frustrated, they're full of despair. There is nowhere place safe and we don't know where to go. Hours after the Gaza ceasefire collapsed early on Friday, Hezbollah launched a number of operations against Israeli military positions along the border. That's Al Jazeera correspondent Zaina Khodr reporting from the town of Marjayoun, near the Lebanese border with Israel, where fighting has also resumed. Israel responded to what the army calls sources of fire more often than not. That means the outskirts of villages along the border where Hezbollah usually launches attacks against Israeli military positions. Yesterday, Hezbollah said two of its fighters were killed. A civilian was also killed, bringing to 15 the number of civilians who have been killed since Hezbollah joined the conflict to help relieve Gaza. Zaina said that further escalation between Hezbollah and Israel remains a possibility. The fighting has already driven tens of thousands of people on both sides of the border from their homes. Hezbollah has said the Lebanon-Israel border will remain an active front line as long as Israel's attacks against Gaza continue. For Hezbollah officials, Hamas is still in a good position. Uh, they say that Israel has not been able to achieve its military objectives. The question is, if, if Hamas is no longer to sustain attacks, will Hezbollah join the war with its full-blown military capabilities? There is no doubt the possibility of a wider war is still on the table. And that's The Take for Saturday, December 2nd. Please join us again tomorrow. This episode was produced by Zaina Badr and mixed and hosted by me, David Enders, in for Malika Bilal, with Miranda Lynn, Amy Walters, Sari Al-Khalili, Nagin Oliai, Chloe K. Lee, Sonia Bagat, Faranisa Kampana, Ashish Malhotra, and Khaled Sultan. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan, Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio.